This morning's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 through 52. Please follow along in your own Bibles or as the text is presented on the screens above. I will be reading from the New International Version today. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Nancy, a pastor to children and families here at Pine Lake Covenant Church, and it's my joy to share the message with you today. Pastor Mark will be back next week from his sabbatical, and we'll be wrapping up the series we've been in, The Kingdom, Seven Parables of Jesus on the Kingdom of God. I see some of you out here who are getting ready to move, and a few who have moved recently. I moved this last spring. I really hate all of the packing and purging that goes on. Quite often I discover something that I've placed away in a safe spot. You know those safe spots. So safe you can't even find it. As I was packing, I found several things that just had no value at all anymore. They were so safe. I also found several items that I had kept just in case. Does anybody have a drawer full of old cell phones? Yes, of course you do. A cupboard? I always kept those just in case I needed a backup. Hmm. I have a hot pink cell phone, flip phone at home, just in case if anybody needs to borrow that. Just just side note. That one I think I kept because it actually had some old pictures on there that I wanted to get off. And that's something else that came through as I was packing containers of old pictures, photos. I loved looking through those. And I also found these dudes. (laughs) This is like a modern day little roulette game. I have no idea what is on those. It could be 24 pictures of the ground that a toddler took. But it could also be some amazing memories of my kids when they were little. So I, I've kind of hung on to several of those just, just to see. I'm going to need to find some place that actually develops those anymore. But I do want to keep those memories, and I kind of ponder that. Even when I get new things, sometimes I do hold on to the old, but there's so many new things that I think I might need. And I think that's very representative of our culture today. We need the latest upgrade, the most memory, the newest technology. We pre-order the iPhone so it's delivered to us on the day of release. The old phone gets tossed aside, just in case. But really, it's outdated and it's probably never going to be used again. There's a new version, a new device. And sometimes, our device is fine until I see the newest one that you got. And then the one I had this morning is absolutely outdated, no good, ridiculous, toss it aside. I need the newest one. Information today, too, is at our fingertips faster than ever. We can quickly fact check anything that's said, anything that's written, and it's outdated moments after release. We download music the day it comes out. We shazam a song in the background and download it instantly. We even have devices in our homes, and all we have to do is say, Alexa, or, hey, goo goo, it's there. Ads come to me so fast in my email box, my focused email, the newest fashion trends, the latest technology, the things I think I need to have. Um, by the way, don't you love those compartmental emails now, the focused email, all your ads are over here? What did we do way back in like 2015 when they were all just like one big mess? Oh, so horrible. 
wait, what did we do before that? How did we get the ads? Oh, catalogs. Catalogs. Kids, do you even know what a catalog is? Okay, who remembers getting the pennies or the Sears catalog at Christmas time? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I see so many hands going up. My grandma was always great at getting those for us. She'd sometimes even get one for me and my brother. We'd sit for hours and circle everything in there we thought we needed so we could show her. She was so great at doing that for us. She was also amazing at giving advice, especially as I became a young mom. She was very helpful. Um, She would say things like, Just put a little bit of Karo syrup in the baby's bottle to help regulate their bowels. (laughs) Oh my goodness, new parents out here, you're like, seriously, high fructose corn syrup in my baby's bottle. No, I think that's some advice that's outdated that we can just leave behind. Sometimes we're mesmerized by having the newest, the latest, the best. Yet sometimes we just want to look at that old photo album. Listen to some music on vinyl. Turn the actual pages of a book. Or just sit and have a conversation with our grandparents or our parents and reminisce about the way it was. How do we navigate what is new and changing in this world while still holding on to the value of the old? Jesus actually recognizes this tension. Jesus was that crossroads of history where everything was changing. Did that mean the old ways, the Mosaic law, the customs, the traditions were no longer valuable? Was he creating something completely new that needed to be fully embraced apart from what God was doing throughout the Old Testament? As we turn to the book of Matthew in the New Testament, Jesus has been teaching about the kingdom of God. And over the past several weeks, we've been learning from the parables in chapter 13. And we remember that a parable is a practical idea, a practical context that people of the day would have understood. Klein Snodgrass said it's like giving handles to what Jesus was saying, something to hold on to. So Jesus has been teaching, sharing stories that give a deeper meaning to finding life in the kingdom. And after he finishes several parables, he turns to his disciples, and here in verse 51, he asks, Do you understand what I'm saying? And the disciples answer, yes. Now, let's let's pause here for a moment. There's not extra biblical information here about what the disciples were really thinking or feeling, but we also see that it doesn't say, yes, Lord, which would have been a more emphatic way of expressing, yes, we understand this. So imagine if somebody in authority is is giving you this great teaching, and there's so much information, a complete brain dump, and they say, do you get what I'm saying? What's your response? Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. Maybe it's that emoji face. Yes, I maybe use that one quite often. Sometimes when I'm down teaching with the kids, I ask them, hey, you in the back, do you get what I'm saying? (gasps) Yes. And sometimes it's that Sunday school answer. Okay, if you get what I'm saying, what was I saying? You know that Sunday school answer. Jesus? Jesus? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) Jesus is asking his disciples if they understand. And with their yes, he then says, therefore. If you understand what I'm saying, then this is your next step. 
Continuing in verse 52, it says, Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven. Let's first look at every teacher of the law. This was also called, in other translations, a scribe. Now, scribes, they wrote the Old Testament by hand. Handwriting, not typing. They knew the law inside and out because they had to copy it so meticulously. And every teacher would also include those who taught the law at this time, the local rabbi. Now, who was the greatest rabbi during this time? That Sunday school answer. Jesus, there you go. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. So Jesus, as he's teaching, he's teaching his disciples. And in essence, he's saying, now that you understand this, you also get to teach this. Moving on, it says, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven. Now here, Jesus is referring to the new reality that he's been teaching about. This heaven has a great value that is not just some distant, far-off place, not a static, finite, limited understanding. He's been teaching about the redemption that God is bringing, a new reality of a dynamic kingdom that is available for all, not just those who have kept the law. And if we know the law and this new reality... Then, continuing in verse 52, Therefore, if every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. And if we think about treasures, we can think about those special things from our family. Pastor Sharon brought this oil lamp that has special memory to her. She probably remembers seeing it on the farm where her grandparents were. It comes through the ages and she has that. It could include special artwork or furniture from our families. Maybe it no longer has a great monetary value, but it has sentimental value. It means something to us. And it is a value. And this could include our experiences. The things we've been through in life have value. There are moments that have defined what we've been through and defined who we are, become part of us. The homeowner in this passage is bringing out his storeroom, his collection, the new and the old. Those are things from the past that have value, as well as new treasures, new experiences, new understandings that are coming. Jesus is illuminating a new understanding that both the old redemptive history that points to Christ and the new redemptive act that marks the presence of the kingdom can both be true. He's expecting his disciples to build on both the biblical teaching that they've learned that has come before him and on his gospel concerning the kingdom. And as Jesus continues to teach them, they're leaning in close to him. They're spending time with Jesus. It's only through Jesus that we begin to see the fullness of what God has been doing since before creation. It's also important here to note the order of the old and the new. New treasures as well as old. New is listed before the old. We don't just hold tight to the new and never move forward into the future. And again, Jesus here has been teaching about the reality of a new kingdom that's here, not just a future reality. 
and the disciples were beginning to understand this new reality. But he was also unlocking the past that still has value. Jesus wasn't saying, I'm here. I'm the new man on the scene. Yeah, forget whatever you did before. Those old mosaic laws and customs. He wasn't saying that. Nor was he saying to continue to live only by the old law. He said earlier in Matthew 5.17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Think of the great commandment that comes later in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He's not making a new revelation here. He's quoting Deuteronomy 6, that heartbeat that he calls us to. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus has been teaching the disciples for a while. And for a moment, they think he's doing a whole new thing. Jesus wasn't just bringing a new reality. He's also teaching about the kingdom that was, that is, that will be. The kingdom that was eternal, that is eternal and will continue to be eternal. One scholar says it this way. There were the old eternal laws of righteousness, the proclamation of the true meaning of all that every true teacher had included in the idea of duty and religion. But there were also new truths such as his own mission as the head of the divine kingdom and the future judge of all men and the work of the Spirit as regenerating and sanctifying. Friends, Jesus is not destroying the old law. He is fulfilling it. And in doing so, he was doing far more. He was valuing the old and the new. He was showing love from the Father. And as the disciples leaned into that, and as we lean more into Jesus and that love, more than just a demand to the law, we start to see what God has been doing throughout the Old Testament. We see the love that was expressed the whole time in the Old Law. Jesus was illuminating a good work that started before creation. When God is doing something new, he's not destroying the law. Hear this. When God does something new, he doesn't get rid of the old. When God does something new, he doesn't get rid of the old. Another scholar says, old experiences, new observations all have their use. Our place is at Christ's And we must daily learn old lessons over again and new ones also. We must daily sit at his feet. Friends, there are so many ways that this applies to us today. So many ways that Jesus' words still have importance, value, and meaning to us right now. Just like those old canisters of film... They have memories and images contained in them that are still valuable to me today. The lessons we've been through in life, the hard moments included, God is using those. He doesn't erase your past to do something new in your life now. 
kids, as you grow up, you're continually learning. You have many new firsts, new homes, new schools, new friends, new sports. Some of you out here, I know you play soccer. When you probably started, you were probably like kindergartners. You had to learn those new drills and how to pass out to actually share the ball. There were some wins and losses over the years. And I know some of you now are going into middle school, getting older. You're getting more talented, traveling to tournaments across the country. And it doesn't mean those old practices and wins and losses don't have value. They've helped you grow as a player and become who you are now. Teens. Think of math. Okay, wait, it's summer. I know you're not quite ready to think about math yet, but go with me for a second. To do some of those complex math equations that you have, you first had to start with the smaller ones. You had to learn your addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, those polynomials. You had to get that all figured out to build on that, to learn how to do the complex questions of today without forgetting the old ones. Young adults, students getting ready to go off to college, you're navigating life on your own, moving away, getting your first job, first apartment, making new friends, new relationships. It can all be incredibly exciting, but, but also hard. Sometimes you realize the, the friendships or relationships you had in the past are no longer valuable, no longer working, because you're at a different stage of life now. But those experiences, those moments, those memories, both positive and negative, have helped shape who you are now. They're part of you. Parents, grandparents, our society keeps moving at such a fast pace. And that doesn't mean the old reasons we did things don't have value. Sure, maybe there's a new way to do something, a new technology that helps you through that that replaces the way we've always done it. But you have wisdom that adds value to these new practices. When God does something new, he doesn't get rid of the old. I think that phrase is true in churches today as well, and very evident right here at Pine Lake Covenant Church. What would this look like if we embraced this thought as a church, the old and the new? We can actually see right here on our wall our 2020 vision statement, our goals as we lean into the year 2020. We went through a process together where we looked at the past and took the very best from the past. And then we prayed and discerned where God was moving towards the best hope for our future. We weren't running forward with some reckless abandon for novelty and doing something new just for newness sake, but we're listening and discerning where God is moving us. And as we're considering those next steps and and how we live out each of these values, there will be changes. As we're considering a building remodel, we may be letting go of some tangible things, some walls, some spaces that no longer serve for the best purpose. Maybe it also means that we're going to let go of some programs, some events, some ministries that we hold tight to because that's the way it's always been done. Maybe it means we'll remember our old experiences and lean into new observations. Maybe 
we have to loosen our grip and lean into the new thing that Jesus is doing among us for our good and for his glory. Because when God does something new, he does not get rid of the old. And as we close today, I just want to share, if if you don't yet know Jesus, or you're not sure about growing into a deeper relationship with him, you don't have to have your past all figured out, reconciled, tied up with a neat, pretty little bow. God meets you right where you're at. God is in the business of redemption. He takes the old, the hurt, the lost feeling, and he brings newness of life. He takes those old, difficult, hard circumstances and he uses them. Those experiences and memories become part of who we are as he calls us to new life with him. A life that is filled with hope. He's done that in a very real way for me recently. Many of you may know some of my past. Um, I've been a single mom for almost 13 years. I survived an abusive marriage and learned how to support and raise three kids on my own who are now off, graduated college, in college, and getting ready to go off to college. Over those years, I cried out to Jesus so many times. I cried out asking him to redeem, to restore. But as those years went on, I struggled. I cried out, God, where are you in this mess? I cried out asking, is my past too broken, filled with too much hurt, too many wrong choices to be redeemed? Was my past going to define a current reality, a future I hoped and prayed for to one day be remarried? I struggled with that, wondering if God could use my old to create something new. Yet I trusted him. I trusted that he would use the old, that he would not toss it out. God is good, friends. Over the past several months, God has been at work. God has been redeeming. He has been bringing his new plan. He brought someone completely amazing to my life who has also asked God those same questions. And on July 4th, my favorite holiday, my very favorite beach, he dropped to one knee and asked me to marry him. God is in this. We're moving into our new future, full of hope and love. We're blending families together. There's another picture there of all of us together. And as we blend the old and the new, we prepare for the new, continually remembering when God does something good, he doesn't get rid of the old. Friends, I want to ask, where are you this morning? Are you holding tight to old wounds and missing out on new opportunities? Are you pushing so fast and hard into the future with the newest and the latest that you're missing out on the present and what God is doing now? 
When God does something new, he doesn't get rid of the old. He redeems it. He restores it. He refines it. He fulfills it. God takes all that has happened and uses it to further the work he is doing now. The work he has always been doing and will continue to do. Will you pray with me? Father God, you are so good. We are honored to come before you today and remember the gift that you have given us in your son Jesus. To remember that you have been at work since before creation began. And so God, we pause now and ask, where is it you're working in our life now? What is it you're asking us to let go of? And what hope are you giving us to a future you are creating? Lord, we trust that you redeem, that you restore, that you fulfill. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite Pastor Sharon to come up with me. We come now to this time of communion, the gift that Jesus has given us. And we also recognize that as Jesus took the Passover meal, Mm -hmm. it was a tradition the Jews had been doing for centuries, and Jesus was making it new.